Hello and welcome to the Hammersley Brothers e-commerce podcast. This podcast is the third in the series of the roadmap series Ian and I have been doing. The first podcast we did zero to 40. Second podcast was on 40 to 200. And this podcast is going to be on sites doing 200 to 500K a month. So this is the level of one of the pillars that you go through with e-commerce growth. So we're going to be talking about this in this session. So let's get started. Good afternoon. I'm okay. I'm all right. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to do another podcast with you. Yeah. I don't no. speak to you enough. I've just only spent, I've only checked, spoke to you for four hours today already. Hey. You did speak to me this morning. I spoke actually. to you this morning. Yeah, I know. And the day before. Yeah. But um, but no, yeah, it's good. So this is the, to introduce it today. We're going to look at the two hundred k to five hundred k plus um, areas of the roadmap. Um, Mark, just introduce yeah. the roadmap. What it is because we've done we did it we've done it for the first two tiers, haven't we? Just introduce to everyone what it is because you wrote it. Yeah. So. <laughs> So the the roadmap was something we put together for different phases of e-commerce, and the the first phase was not to forty k a month, and then forty k to two hundred k a month, and then two hundred k to five hundred k a month, and then five hundred k plus a month. And uh, I feel as there's distinct stages of e-commerce and things you are focusing on at those different levels. Now, obviously, sometimes people jump around, and sometimes people might be doing some of the bigger things before they get there, or they might be you know, have, you know, be already be doing 200K a month, but not done on some of the lower things, but that's fine. You can jump around. Um, but, but ultimately that's, that's kind of how the structure is. And we, we kind of, we always split the, uh, each phase into four, four areas, which is traffic, conversion, retention, and scaling. And traffic is obviously about getting more traffic. Converting is about getting more conversions, particularly of new customers. Retention is about repeat business and scaling is about the business operations behind the business because there's mm. a lot there's a lot there in at each stage. So we did a podcast about three weeks ago, naught to forty, then we forgot to do the next one and we did a naughty podcast in the middle and then we did uh forty to two hundred K last week and now we're gonna do two hundred to five hundred K a month uh, yeah. this week. Yeah. Um, so well, where do you nice want to start? About, well, I'll just say the nice thing about it is, um, like like a lot of industries, but I think particularly e-commerce industry, it is full of lots of people telling you what to do. Um, and the problem is not necessarily what to do, it's it's what order to do it in. And mm. I think that is, that is the challenge. And sometimes you can do something, with, I mean, this is what we said, last week but sometimes you can do something in your you know when you you know not 200 so when we say when we say 200 to 500 we mean per month so 200k yeah. to 500k per month so dollars or pounds or euros um yeah uh so you know it's, it, you know you're getting to a point where you've you've you know you've got past that initial you know is it is the model going to initially work uh but the problem is, still is is knowing what to do when and at this stage in the e-com business, you can 
you can start to, I would say it's a little bit of a danger zone because sometimes you can start to go and really get into those shiny things. And sometimes those shiny things are big expensive agencies and, you know, that are, you know, 20,000 pounds a month. Uh, sometimes it's a, it's a shiny bit of platform. Um, and, and what can happen, the other thing that can happen as well is businesses can get stuck where they hit a wall and they can hit a wall because they find themselves not being able to spend anymore. So they've, they've, they've gone through a period where they were slowly lowering their ROAS and, you know, it was working and increasing their budget and ROAS was maintaining and slowly, slowly lowering it. Um, but they sometimes they get to a point where they just can't, um, they can't spend anymore uh, because their ROAS just dips below a point that just doesn't make sense. You know, it's, mm. you know, it's not profitable. And sometimes then you've got to go back to the, you have to go back to the target sheet because this is the stage in the business where you might actually have to go, do you know what? We've really got to get a lot of lifetime customer value up. Um, mm. Or we've really got to sort out our margin uh, or our average order value because, you know, it's going to make it so much easier to scale, you know, to 500,000 a month you know, if our lifetime customer value goes from 1.5 to 2, you know, and our average order value goes from 100 to 180, for example, it's just going to make it mm. so much easier to do it because we're going to get stuck. We can't spend anymore. So that I think that can happen. And so at this, this stage in the business, we end up, when we're in these stages with, with people, we end up going quite into the core of the business where we say, okay, we need to have a, another retention product here. Or we've really got to, you know, mix up, do multi buys and things like that, so that we can actually make the metrics a bit easier. So I would just say that's that's also to note as well at this point. Yeah, yeah, and I, I, like I was saying to you before, I think it's a time when, like, you've got enough data, so it can sometimes feel like you're hitting a glass ceiling sometimes with this state. But at the same time, you have a lot more stability than you have when you're you're lower, like when you're doing naught to forty or know 40k a month the, the results can be very lumpy because yeah. you kind of not you know you're not really always uh it, it getting in front on google or facebook and having consistent consistency there as whereas when you're doing 200k to 500k you, you usually got a bit more consistency and it's slightly less lump and you've got better data so you can actually start to see so whilst you're kind of pushing on like glass ceiling at the same time some doors are opening to you that wouldn't have been available at the lower levels and we'll talk about those so Let's let's just talk about um, well, let's talk about scale first. You know what we've got to put in place to mm. manage the business, and you know one of the things in the first thing that scale at the bottom is it, it, installing profit. So it's very fundamental at this level that you really understand the business and which categories and which products and which uh, which part of the business drives drives the profit because. Ultimately, if you want to get to, you know, a million a month or, or, or things like that, you're going to be you're going to be looking at the business model and looking to scale it and looking to see how it's going to work. So you've got to understand really what drives that profit. So it's all about diving into those numbers in a, in a, in a lot more detail and understanding you know, what we want to sell and why, because the difficulty is, is as you get bigger it all gets mixed up. Like there's someone on the, the deep dive at the moment and we're talking to, and you'll know who this is, Ian, but um, basically, you know, they've got to 12 million, I think, or something like that. And they are, 
um, and, and they don't really know what's driving the profit. It's kind of all mixed up. And so you don't really want to get to that stage where you're doing a million a month without really understanding your key profit drivers, because otherwise everything can be going swimmingly one second and then next month you lose money and you've got, well, I've got no idea why that was because mm. it's the data's there, but I just haven't got it right. So it's kind of installing the profit to, to build at that point. Yeah. Second thing. Sorry, do you want to talk about? Well, I'll take, well, well, yeah. I mean, I think, well, I was going to touch on the, on the term category champions, but it is something we've put in the, in the higher tier actually. Mm. Um, but, cat, but, but can we briefly mention it now? You could, but it's a way. big, it's a big subject, and it I think we've done a subject. whole podcast on it. Yeah. So, okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, 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 well. I'll tell you what. I'll do it in thirty seconds, if you'll allow yeah. me. Uh, okay. But, but, yeah. but, category champions is, is is when your business gets a bit bigger. Um, you have certain categories of product that operate very differently. Sometimes they have different margins. Sometimes they have different average order value. Sometimes they have different lifetime customer value. And, and you really then need to start thinking about those categories as its own little mini business um, because you, there'll be certain ones that you could push harder um, and certain ones which you should lean back on. You shouldn't push as hard. And so that, that, that's, that's what we mean. But I won't say anything else because it's a big concept. It's a very important one which we'll talk about next week, um, hopefully. Yeah. So yeah, we'll the, 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 next, the next one it, it, I'll introduce because I love it. It's one it's of your favourites. It's one of my favourites. And it's called the Flying Bridge. And, it's, yeah. and it is the reason why we called it a Flying Bridge. This is when we're starting to look at what people should look at. And I'll try to explain this one quite quickly because, again, this is a massive one because it's a big part of one of our pillars of, of how we scale our own e-commerce businesses. And, and anyone who comes onto our deep dive program will know that we talk about this a lot and we want the e-com businesses to, to have a structure of knowing what their team should be looking at daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly, and biannually. But most importantly, and this is probably a better way of describing it, it's, what not to look at daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly. Because what can happen is that people can look at way too much, way too much in their daily, weekly, monthly. And consequently, they don't look at anything. So you're looking at too much, you don't look at anything. And it becomes an arduous task putting the reports together. You know, and the, the, like the job almost becomes putting the reports together. And then you think, oh, that's done. I've done the report. No. You haven't. You've just put a report together. You haven't done anything with it. The reason why you haven't mm. done anything with it is because you don't know what it's saying because it's too much and it's structured in a way. So we came up with the concept of the flying bridge because it was like being on a big ship at sea. And if you, you're, you're driving the boat, the big ship, or steering the ship, there's probably a good terminology for what that is. Um, if you are just aimlessly driving the ship you're just flowing around floating around the ocean you don't really know where you're going um so you need to have obviously a direction and you have you have to be able to look at where you're going you have to have the critical information coming to you as you are driving the ship if you're down in the engine room trying to fix some you know some little dial 
you know, and you're you're not at the, you're not at the bridge. You're going to be drifting around the ocean. So you can't you can't go and look at something. And you have to you have to have the information that's coming to you. That's the, the critical stuff you need to see. And I find that that's massive. Like at this stage in the business, you 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 will you'll have data coming at you in from every orifice. And you need to know what to look at, and and so as in a very brief concept, we you know the drop by drop report, which we talk about a lot, is the daily thing we obsess over, which is the return on ad spend for new customers. That's what we obsess over um, every day, every single day. We look at that uh, because we know if we focus on the drop by drop report, everything and it's good and we're happy with it. Everything else almost takes care of itself. You know, because it's yeah. basically saying how much it costs to recruit a customer and how much that customer's worth. So that's a good concept. Weekly is the is a pro rata target sheet. The monthly is the is the is the is the target sheet. Um, and the reason that the week, I'll just say one last thing about the weekly one. The weekly one is good because um, what happens often is that the reporting by your internal departments and other external agencies tends to happen at the end of the month, and it's too late. You know, it's gone. Like you can't do anything about it. The month is gone. So you need to know, like, where are we? We're two months, we're two weeks in. We should have done X. We've only done Y. What are we going to do about it? Um, and it forces you to then either, like, okay, let's drop ROAS. Let's do an email campaign. Let's let's go for offer architecture. You know, it it makes you it makes you really trade. And I, and the, the the little story, the bigger you get, the quickly you more quickly you have to do this. Where our offices are in Manchester, we were near Boohoo. That's an e-com brand, Boohoo, massive e-com brand. I don't know what they're turning over now. 700 million, huge. And what they would do is every day they would say, right, today we should have done £650,000 today online. Uh, it's four o'clock in the afternoon. We've only done um, 300000 We're not going to hit a £600,000 target. Right dial up the offer architecture and they would put offers on the site um, that would come up for like an hour and it would be right 10% off anything in the basket in the next 30 minutes or they would do a 20% off recruitment. They would, they would literally trade their way through the day by turning on and off merchandising techniques around the offer architecture and then they would get the, they would get the, the, the revenue up pro rata for the day and they're like, fine, great, we, we've hit the target mm. now. And they would do that every day, like hour yeah. by hour. And so they wouldn't be doing it, or they wouldn't be doing it when it was good, when they were getting great sales and making good profit. They wouldn't just kind of blind have a, they wouldn't have the promotion there. So, you know, a lot of people kind of just say, oh, we'll have a promotion on for this month and this will do this. And then you'd imagine that some of those days might be really high conversion rates just anyway, because the market's buying. Yeah. And why give away margin on those days? So yeah. it comes down to, like really starting to like trade trade the market because you, you've well, got it's trading to the market, trade on. yeah, yeah. And you you can only do that if you've got the data that you need to see in a very simple way mm. because then you can you can see the opportunity in front of you. And that's honest, what the data to, we're not be. we're not really saying that at this level to be honest. Two hundred to five hundred. I mean, you, you you do need to be a boohoo. You know, you need to be doing a decent oh, amount yeah. to kind of get yeah. that data in. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. Um, you yeah. start to get the idea of of where we're going to, of where we're getting yeah. to, don't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a big topic, um, so we'll we'll won't we'll say mm. anything else. 
And I think Did we've they? done a podcast on the Flying Bridge as yeah, well. Yeah, I think we have, actually. Yeah. 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 Um, and then the next one is installing the A-team. Um, so, you know, if, you wanna, if you're doing 200K to 500K and you want to get a million, you're going you're gonna to need a team. And, you know, how that team is, is, is spread and, and, and geolocated. And, you know, we use a lot of remote teams and you probably want an e-commerce manager at some point. Um, because ultimately, like the, the owner, the owner always has something that they can do that nobody else can do. Otherwise, they wouldn't be in business like the, the, the founders of the business. Like that's why the business has got to this level. But then an e-commerce manager, like they will be good at other things, but they won't not necessarily be good at the, the, the things like like we, we work with a founder on one of the businesses and he's just absolutely fantastic at negotiating with suppliers and going over the over over to India or wherever and saying things that we would never normally say. Well, we could Ian and I could never say that's what he's mm. good at. But you don't want to keep someone like that in managing the agencies or managing the reporting or those kind of stuff. Like he basically needs to be out there being said, right, this is this is the category we need to recruit. This is the price I need to get. This is, the, this is how the numbers work and doing that. So you, in order to be able to do that more at scale, you obviously need a team to make sure the day-to-day is taken care of. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah. I mean, do you want to, I mean, what any input on that? Yeah, well, you basically, well, what you're basically doing is you, you're you're looking at the things that only you can do, and looking at all the things that you that other people can do, and you're focusing on the, on the strengths. And most of the time, the founders understand the the, the job to be done better than most. Um, and so you you know you've got to focus on, and especially if you are, I mean, the the, the company that comes to mind is the Harrier Runfree, and how. Mm. You know, she built the business around herself and a story and what she was saying, and, and there was only her that he, only her that could do that really, and mm. you know, that's what she should be doing. And rather than you know doing other things that other people could do for her, you know, rather than mm. doing those things. So it's starting to understand that. Be, be, I think be careful at this stage because sometimes the worst thing that you can do is start to bring in perceived talent. Who you know who have worked yeah. in? We talked about this before, but sometimes we see you know a mistake that brands can make at this stage. They, they start to go and recruit e-commerce managers who have worked in one or two e-commerce brands before, and um, and obviously that's that that's really irrelevant. That's like you know going and working in the high school. Yeah, it's just like it's like the wrong and, person, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, remember what happened to that. Um... I mean, we've worked with a couple of e-commerce managers over the, over the past 15 years and we fought with them for such a long time until eventually they've been um, uh, let go, as we say. And uh, then we massively increased the sales once they were in the way. So you can get the wrong person. Yeah. Um, and they don't, and I, I know sometimes you, you, you won't realise this. We see it all the time. Um, yeah. Sometimes they may no names, but they they mean no names. But there there no. are e-commerce managers who are massively, massively holding their brands back. They're, but they don't, they, you mm. know, they, obviously they don't realise at the time. Don't know. And and I think um, I think you you best thing you can do is to work with somebody who is a very very good organizer, a very good doer, can get stuff mm. done. You set the vision. 
um, you know, yeah. and they can then go and you know implement it. And that's yeah, they're, they're the best it's sort like, of people, really. Yeah, like 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 I'm trying to think like the, the the my VA who's now your VA. If you give her something to do, it's like uh, it's like a bo- an exploding bomb to her. Like she 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 has that, and she needs to <laughs> she needs to get it finished so because. Otherwise, the bomb is going to explode in her hands. And so it's those kind of people are the, are the great e-commerce managers. And they, they, they are, you know, you give them a project and it, it gets done. And that's kind of what you want. Like the people yeah. who just kind of go into some, somewhere and they go, oh, this isn't organized very well. I'm going to organize this. That, that's the kind of person you're really looking for. Because yeah. a at lot of the stage, time, yeah. at this stage, it's like if you've done the flying bridge and you, you know, you're sitting there in front of the dashboard and you've got the green lights and everything's, you know, you're just looking at the red lights and fixing the red lights. And then you, you come up with a project to fit, fix the red light and then it gets implemented. So you still can be involved at this stage. So the e-commerce manager and team are people that they're basically very good organizers um, and, and they're much better than someone who's going to come and you don't really want someone to come and change the strategy too much at this point because mm. you've obviously got to a stage where you're doing okay and it's 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 revolution sorry it's iteration not revolution is, is what it is yeah, <laughs> yeah. um so yeah. Uh, yeah and you've got to do it without taking on too much cost because the cost you take on at this point really yeah. affects what you can what you can afford for your ROAS as well so actually that's a really good um, point yeah i mean it's, i mentioned this before if you sometimes you see people going getting big london london agencies in fact i had a chat with someone this morning about it and he was laughing because he said he said i used to be one of those massive london agencies he's gone off and set his own e-commerce brand up now mm. and he listened to us talking about it before and he laughed because he said yeah that's what we did we were a big london agency and we used to we used to go and charge people lots of money and know that there would be client churn. You know, we keep the client. Oh, they for, know it. They know like, it. They'll just keep them three to three six months. months, and then then they would yeah. they would go, but they'd have another one in the pipeline, another one, another one. And there was, yeah. there's a, you know, there's a notion that you go to a big agency, spend a lot of money, and then that's the answer. They, they know something um, that, that that you don't. Yeah, yeah. it's it, it's not. They yeah. just they just look they just look cool, um, mm. but they can't fundamentally change your metrics of the business and often what they can do at this stage is just massively increase your your uh, your costs which of course means mm. you have to operate at a higher row up than you should have operated on which mm. because their fee is a pure recruitment cost and so obviously affects your cash flow massively so mm. keep it lean always if you can yeah yeah um let's no, move on well. to retention let's move on to retention yeah. so at this stage um, we like to look at like things like VIP programs, reward systems, things like Amazon Prime, because you've got enough like Amazon, something like Amazon Prime, and there was the ASOS does the same thing, don't they? They do the thing yeah. where you can pay you, get, nine you pay nine for and get delivery, delivery, and then you get free delivery for the year. Yeah, because you can see very clearly at that stage how much you'd have to charge to make more money for free delivery and for the uplift. And the way you you bring these these systems in is the trouble is at the beginning, you don't know how much to charge for that and how much the uplift will be. Because ASOS is a different case. You can't just look at ASOS if you're selling, I don't know, cosmetics or things like that, because you're going to have a very different type of business with people, the amount of time people can buy. Clothing, you could like, you know, their demographic can buy a lot. Whereas if you're selling, I don't know, uh, electric razors, it's not going to, you know, you're not going to, it's not going to make any difference. So you, it's going to be, worked out for the type of you know customer you've got but yeah. you've got data and the way you would implement them is you would do it from the top down first 
So you would always look after your, your VIP customers first and you'd implement things on there because you know, like 80% of the revenue probably comes from 20% of the clients or something like that. I um, always seem customers. to get more revenue from your multi-buyers. Yeah. You know, so you, so the, the, your loyal customers become, you know, they, they react better to anything. So, and obviously the cheap, the cheapest way yeah. to grow is to get people to get existing customers to buy something else. And, and also they're, they're much less likely to abuse it as well. Yes. So. I'll tell you one thing. It's interesting too, that we put, we've put the VIP program reward system um, in and the, you know, the Amazon prime free delivery thing. We've put that in the retention column. And what a lot of people do is they talk about loyalty programs on as a, as a recruitment, thinking that, that people buy something for the first time because there's a loyalty program and they don't. They don't. No. It's not, it's not, it's, it's, it, loyalty programs are not a, a recruitment tool. They are a retention tool. Yeah. And the, people... the only time they are a recruitment tool is if that loyalty program is outside your company. So like in Australia, I went to a yeah. website and it said, buy this from us and you get so many Qantas points and Qantas is the Australian airline. So that would make sense because you're going to recruit yeah. people who've already won, won Qantas points, but it's outside your business. If you're selling your own points on your own business or your own e-commerce site, no one cares about your points until they're in that, they're yeah. in that market. Yeah. So the key is you, you, really, you want everybody to automatically become you know, on the VIP reward program. But it's a retention. You don't, you know, you yeah. don't, you don't use it as a recruitment diver. So, um, should we talk about the next one? Like LTCV, lifetime customer value, data feedback loops. Yeah. So ultimately, this is really where, like, the, if you can, if you can maximise your lifetime customer value at this point, it's really going to help you for the next stage because, ultimately. You know, you've not had the data before this. You've obviously done things to get the repeat business up. We know we talked about getting a second sale, which is um, in this, this stage below. But now it's really about understanding what segments of your customers drive the lifetime customer value, which products and which categories drive lifetime customer value, and whether you have enough ammunition to kind of keep going at that point. So you're starting to dive into segmenting that and starting to, particularly by category. So yeah. like which categories drive the highest lifetime customer value and which ones don't. So, you know, we're selling bedding and I can see, um, you know, uh, we're only doing probably about 200 grand a month at the moment. And we pulled off the data by category. I don't really give us that much, you know, it's like, well, everything seems to be kind of giving us a similar lifetime customer value over, over time. Nothing really showing. Well, I tell you what but... was I tell you what was interesting though is that some yeah. of the smaller, lower value products that we thought, oh, they're not, they're nothing, actually mm. had same the same lifetime customer value as some of the bigger products, which is quite interesting. Um, yeah, and th that is interesting because it's cheaper for us to recruit on the lower. This isn't. This is actually cash duty because often it happens the other way around, but. The, the the reason the reason it's significant is because you can decide where to put your investment in terms of mm. uh, recruitment campaigns. So you know you can say I'm going to go and put you know I'm going to put my budget across you know all my ten categories equally because they're all the same margin. 
and therefore I'm going to I'm going to go I'm going to go out at a five times rise for all of them. But when you do the the lifetime customer value analysis and you see that oh my god this category here, you know they're buying three times a year, whereas this category here they're only buying once. So mm -hmm. guess where I'm going to put my recruitment budget? I'm going to put it on the ones that are that give a three times lifetime customer value because it's massively more efficient. And unless you are looking at lifetime customer value in that context, you will treat you all the first all the customers' first purchases as the same ROAS. You know, you're gonna be aggressive. Mm. It makes so much sense, does it make it's obvious when you're in the course. Yeah. That's what you do. Yeah. I was so talking to Ed Ed on the yeah. on the deep dive uh yesterday. I was looking at some of his figures. I'm like, you know, he's got a business where people have been buying I think one of them, 20 years, two, two times a year for 20 years. Like it, some of those businesses are so powerful in terms of lifetime customer value. Yeah. And, um, and it's, it's, if you can get those kind of businesses working, you can understand the numbers. All it is a case of is, is understanding, well, if I want to put investment into this business, how long do I want to get the return? You know, it's, it's, it, it really starts to stack up when you start, when you have that data and you start seeing it laid yeah. out it work really, really well. So yeah, understanding that and um, maximizing it and understanding the position you're in with it uh, makes sense. Maybe trimming some um, some lines that just don't ever give lifetime customer value and don't yeah. lean on, you know, so like... Well, that's true because they can be really eating up budget. You know, in fact, yeah. we find that with the... With the, the there was an American company that came on the um, the deep dive with this and they they had I mean, loads of... I'm like 2,000 product i mean loads i mean maybe more twenty thousand products mm. and they were treating all of the initial uh purchases the, the basically budget the same um whereas some of the products were there were only ever one-off purchases they never came back and bought again mm. yet there were other there were other uh products that people bought over and over and over again and they were yeah. spending the same amount of budget on all of them it's just well, it's like it um, sense. no it's like when sarah ran started selling dog collars because she a customer said they wanted some dog collars so she did some nice dog collars but then people who bought the dog collars never bought the handbags um, yeah so you'd recruit people on the dog collars and you go well what model do we do on this because the lifetime value of these is way way lower than 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 the handbag buyers so so what do we do with them so you it, it, if you have products you really should tie into the bigger hole um, well, presumably, you, they would just become retention products, not recruitment products. In that case, well, what did yeah, she do? They, did she they, take them off, or did she leave them off? She, she took them off Google Ads in the end. Yeah. She took them off Google Ads and just used them as kind of gifts with purchases and things like that to yeah. kind of intense people that. But you okay. know, you, you you have to be careful what you're doing and why and what you're recruiting on because overall, if you've got a product like let's say your your, your lifetime customer value was normally like two thousand dollars or something, and then you introduce a product that is um you know for like 25 bucks and um the lifetime value is 50 you could get yourself into trouble because you think because you're looking at the lifetime customer value as a whole and then you think oh all these new customers are going to you know but you can't recruit them for the same level yeah. so it, it, you've got to be careful you've got to be careful with that yeah. um That's when you're introducing point. those products um, the next one down is email segmentation and email frequency razor so um, I mean, I wrote that, so you probably don't know what it meant, but like basically what I meant by that was like, um, Graham who runs the fishing shop here. So he was a good example. So he's always driven his business by 
email and he found that he could um, increase his uh, sales from email by segmenting and sending much more kind of personal emails out to people more frequently um, based on what they liked and what they didn't like. So, you know, he's got some spear fishing. He's got some people who fish from land. He's got some people who do scuba diving. He's got some people who do, you know, there's all different things that you can see. Um, and therefore yeah. he was able to, um, I think he said he actually started sending less emails, but more targeted emails and the, the results went up. So like you're starting to get enough data to start understanding if you've got those buyer buyer types or those buyer segments. Now, the, the, the difficulty with segmentation is that people think there's this wonderful thing that is gonna make them loads and loads more money. And the only time I've ever seen it work is when it's bloody obvious that like there the, are- Like the fishing, like that. Yeah. I think that's yeah. a very good point to raise, that, yeah, that it is, it, it's, got, it's got this as a shiny bullshit warning that we, yeah. we're saying here. That just by because it's a buzzword, isn't it? Or you need to you need to add segmentation to your email. Yeah. Well, like like take um, Sarah Haran for example. Like people who buy her handbags, they're not fundamentally different enough from each other to really segment them out. It's not like mm. someone who buys a purse from a, a handbag to a travel bag. It's yeah. not like they're always going to be interested in a travel bag. Or and it's the same. In, that's in the in same with Brooks Avenue, isn't it? Mm. Really, the same mm. with Brooks Avenue, the men's suit guy, men's tailoring. You know. Yeah. In fact, we did loads of work. I mean, going back 10 years, we were trying to, oh, somebody bought trousers, then let's send them the, uh, you know, we could only send them, mm. the, you know, the shoes. And if they bought shirts, then we can only send them the jackets. And it's yeah. like, no, that that actually really made it unnecessarily complicated. And actually, it didn't, it, 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 it didn't, didn't help. move. No, it didn't. We no. actually lost revenue overall. Realised then that yeah. we kept it broad, we kept it simple. Um, and we just increased the frequency of email across the board without getting mm. too clever. But it, but like yeah. the fishing, the fishing one, it, it does make sense because there are very specific types of of fishermen. Yeah, and it would you make know. sense for someone like GSF Car Parts. You know, you know the car that yeah. they own, and therefore yes. you're going to send them stuff on that car or the collection of cars that they own. You know, like you know, there's no point sending them. You know, there's this, this, if you can t understand that something specifically different about a buyer type that would make sense to segment them, like, are they a man or are they a woman? That makes sense. Send those, those emails, you know, from yeah. a clothing point of view, if you do both or, um, then they would make sense to segmentation, but like, don't segmentate. So segment, segmentate, <laughs> <laughs> don't segment for the sake of segmentation, because it's it's not it doesn't work so it has to make sense it's like common sense like if you had a physical shop would you have sections in the shop like you go into a clothes shop that sells men's and women clothes you have a clear section between men and women that's when you'd segment that shop is segmented whereas if you go yeah. into um a woman's clothes shop there's no real segmentation there it's like everybody just walks around doesn't it you, you they, yeah. they kind of go all around the you shop. Hide, so, you know, the, the, yeah, you wouldn't hide the coats from the shoe buyers. No, no, you no, wouldn't. That's because what, they might stumble and it goes, oh, I want yeah, one of those. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it's just, it, it is. Yeah. Basically. But like a sports shop, that is segmented. That is segmented by sport. And that would make sense. You know, yeah. this is people who've just come in and go to the tennis stuff, they're not interested in the yoga stuff because that's just not what they're interested in. So mm. then it makes sense. It makes sense. So, that's kind of what we do at that point. Yeah. Um, 
Let's go on to conversion. And conversion. The attention Converts, doubler. Yeah. The attention doubler installs celebrity influencer stuff. So there's a lot yeah. there. That you've I've also spelt. You've got a spelling mistake there too. Look, you spelt install Maybe it's wrong. Install. Yes. In- well, it. it <laughs> <laughs> well. Yeah, don't don't follow us for my spelling. A lot mm. of people on my book ad kind of go, if you can't even spell correct grammar in the ad, then um, then I, I don't want to read a book written by you. And I'm like, well, you can either learn from me now, or you can wait for me to learn a grammar at some point, yeah. and then um, and then we'll talk. Yeah, but it doesn't mm. doesn't it's not going to work. Um, so what we're saying here is like a lot of the time. Sometimes we've installed a celebrity at this point. Sometimes we've um, gone out to influence because what I'm saying here really is that um, some of those doors that weren't open to us before are now opening. So like we can approach some bigger influences because we've got more of a brand presence. And so we're, we're much more likely to like if an influencer pushes us, then they're much more likely for their followers to buy from us because of our footprint. I also say, I also think this is, I think this is, this is very much along the lines of trust and credibility. And at this point, getting, getting more third party recognizable um, sources mm. saying things about your brand. So, you know, like GQ magazine, good housekeeping, those kind of, and this is where you kind of start to get more of those and, and you lead more into mm. And I think, I think that's really, so, you know, if you're talking about celebrity, Really talking about people in your industry, people, your customers, what your customers know, who do they know, who do they respect? Mm. You know, it doesn't necessarily have to be a celebrity. It could be a, you know, a, a magazine or a group that people, you know, that people will recognise that they people you respect. Same mm. sort of thing, isn't it? Really, you're just lifting your, you're just trying to lift your profile at this point to kind of have things to say that's going to put you apart because you can get to like 200k. You know, being under the radar kind of stuff. Now you kind of want to go and be big. You're going to need to kind of reach because effectively to keep growing, you've got to go after more generic traffic. So, you know, you can probably get to 200K but going after very specific traffic that's very transaction-based and the stuff. Now you're going to have to reach higher. You're going to have to reach out into the the almost buyers and the the people who are just browsing. And, you know, and, and you can see that with... Um, because obviously I've been I've been running um, Brooke Taverner's Google Ads for, for God for fifteen years, and that you know that the evolution of what we can bid on over time has changed. So like at the right at the beginning we would be very specific on certain certain t- terms and suits and things like that that we could sell on. But we couldn't really sell on things like designer suits and things like that. It was very specific. And then over time that's been relaxed almost to the point now where. Um, you know, we can we can kind of come up on competitors when people are looking for competitors and get the sales sometimes, whereas we wouldn't be able to do that, you know, five five years ago. Yeah. So it really those doors do open up as you get more credibility. And um, so what you're looking for is ways to do that. So like having a celebrity or having an influencer or someone people know um, in the funnel somewhere saying something nice about you can actually give you that extra boost that can help mm. so it's kind of like installing credibility and borrowing from somewhere else so we sometimes do that now we don't to be honest it's not we I, I think if if i can remember right i think we've probably done the celebrity thing 
with people we've worked with maybe twice or yeah. uh, you know like so it's not something more, that... it is more complicated i think i think the most mm. important thing to take of that is the positioning positioning statement of the brand um mm. coming out with that that um you know you're in the right place you know you know trusted mm. 20 years hundred thousand you know items sold you know voted you know number one you know fifteen thousand trust pilot reviews it's that type of stuff that you want to you want you want to really bring out Mm. Um, you know, in, in in every and which is which is what we talked about a lot, the trust and credibility. But at this point, you got a bit already. You know, you started to build it up. Yeah, and you really want to start to use it. Uh, I, had a, I had a business this morning that had got twenty seven thousand over twenty seven thousand reviews on Trustpilot of four point nine out of five. I was wow. like that. And you know what? They weren't showing it on the website. Well, they turned the widget off because they were they were about they were trying to sell the business actually, um, mm. and they 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 turned the Trustpilot account off. But I was like, wow, that's incredible! Twenty seven thousand. Mm. Wow. Um, okay, split testing, split testing yeah. habit builder. Just run through the six biggest areas we we always say split test first. Well, I remember what they are. Like they, they, one's the homepage banner. I always say, don't just go live with a warm homepage banner. Always have two. Um, second e- one is email data capture pop up. Email data capture pop up. Yes. Um, then there's definitely one on the product page, usually between anything between title the title and, and the price button. That's and yeah. That's, that's well, three. title and the add to basket button. Yeah. That's three. You've put me on spot now. I can never the, remember the six. So the USP, USP, USP bar, particularly yeah. on mobile. Particularly yeah, on mobile. We, yeah, what we're saying there right now. Yeah. Um, and um, can you remember any more whilst I quickly How many pull is that? PowerPoint. I think we've only done four. <laughs> yeah. Well, we should, we, we, we should change it to so the four critical um, split tests. No, it, no what just, is, it, just keep talking. Just keep talking, Ian, and I'll seamlessly yeah. so we've bring got, up we've got the homepage presentation. Banner. We've got the homepage banner. We've got the 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 pop up the split the pop up uh, for email capture. We've got the USP yeah. bar. We've got the product page between the title and the ads basket button. Yeah. Um, and there's, there's, one on the, there's, there's definitely there's one on the two... on the on the cart page. Yes, there is. Cart page. Yeah. yeah. And um, yeah. that is used by everyone. Got it. A six essential common split test orders we run. So homepage, mobile header, product page between the, the title and the, the, the thing or, or somewhere else. Um, welcome series. So the welcome series, the subject line okay. particularly in the welcome series email, because that's one of the emails yeah. that gets sent the most. So yeah. that, needs to be, that needs to be tested. The pop-up, which you talked about, um, image, no image, what the, what the, where the person's looking makes a big difference to whether people actually give the email. It's, it's crazy, but it shouldn't. And the other one is cart. So that's six. Yeah. So it's the cart title message. It's like, what's yeah. the emphasizing on the cart? Um, yeah. so those are the essential six, but really yeah. what we're talking about with the, the split test habit builder is like, like always be split testing, always be split testing at this point, because it's, um, you've got the data, you've got the traffic and, you know, the idea that you can always get the right uh, image at the top of the category right each new season or the new banner on the homepage right is just nonsense. Like, and always have two. 
Take your homepage slider off. Yeah. Always have two. Like, just go live with two. One will obviously be better than the other one. And then at least mm. you could just, I mean, I just learned so much from doing this for Brook Tavern. I was just like, just can't put tuxedos on the jacket. You know, like, you, you, there's certain products you just wouldn't put at the top because it kills conversion. I don't know why. You know, mine's not yeah. necessarily, you know, to reason why. I was like, right, I need this kind of model. I need them to be looking in this direction. I need them to be standing like this. And I need them to be, um, you know, this. And I can't use that. And they can't be wearing this kind of clothing. And it just, you just learned so much. And then I could feed that back to the photo shoots and say, this is what I want. Don't do that. Yeah. Don't give me these. These are rubbish. Yeah. You know, that's what I want. So that was, um, that was, that was a big learning. Um, and then getting the order. So getting the order, like this is when, because um, we always say people come to us and say, oh, my checkout's broken and I need to do basket, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, well, a lot of the time there's other low hanging fruit. But at this stage, we would look at, you know, the basket to order and make sure that's yeah. properly optimized and making sure there's no friction there um, that could be got. I mean, obviously by this stage, if you've been working with this, then you'll have, we'll have gone through this, you know, many times, but it's a case of kind of thinking, well, are we getting everything out of that that we, mm. that we need to? Um, because ultimately, you know, if your basket order is like 30%, maybe you could gain 40%. Yeah. That's a huge, huge lift. Bucket. Yeah, yeah. So that's what we're looking at here. And then the last column on the left is the traffic column. So, you know, we're still doing... We're still doing the, you know, let's say we, we got here by getting Facebook ads and Google ads and those kind of things and TikTok ads. We're still doing that. And we've got online PR influencers and incremental affiliates here. We're not saying stop doing all those things. These are incremental on top. So the, the thing we talk about here is, is affiliates. So an affiliate network is oh, so someone like Affiliate Window, which is in America and UK and, and other places, I think. Um, where you have affiliates who will promote your business and you would give them a commission. Now, the thing with affiliates is that um, you've got to be very careful with affiliates that they don't just clip the ticket. You know, someone comes to the website, they want to buy from Mark's Jumpers, and they go and look for Mark's Jumpers coupon. They get a coupon code from coupons.co.uk or whatever it is. And they come to the website and they use a coupon from coupons to QDK and they get the 20% off plus the 5% or 10% commission at coupons.co.uk. Now, that's obviously, you know, that's stupid, isn't it? It's like me having a restaurant and mm. people coming into the restaurant and eating the food. And just before they're paying, running outside and getting a coupon of someone standing outside and then me going afterwards, say, oh, thank you for giving them a coupon to give them a cheaper meal. Here's 10 pounds. Well, here's ten dollars, you know, for for doing that for me. So you got you don't want that. I mean, that's just stupid yeah. business, that isn't it? Happens all the time. But yeah, happens no. all the time. Happens all the time. So, but you, there are some good affiliates there, and they're they're called closed group affiliates, which are really good. You know, there's there's big websites that will promote you in their email lists and things like that. But a lot of them aren't going to be interested in you until you've got about sixty thousand uniques a month or something like that. So you have enough clout like they like take someone like the, the big one in the uk is like money saving expert for example now yeah. they've got a list of few million I don't, I don't know huge huge email list and if they're sending out an offer they want to make sure that the email list is going to most likely buy from the offer because if they send out uh, an offer with someone that no one's ever heard of 
they're not they're probably not going to buy but if they send an offer out from marks and spencers or you know boots the chemist or something people are obviously going to go and pick it up because that they know them and it works so by this stage you're probably starting to get enough numbers to start thinking about this and doing something about this and being in the right place so it, it can work it can work well if you if you if you manage it well now i don't necessarily think you need an affiliate manager for this you just need to be very strict about who you do and don't let on the program and there's a lot of people who kind of masquerade and say, oh, we're not a coupon site. And then you find out they are a coupon site. Mm. Um, Have we done a workshop um, on that in the, in the course? Affiliate? Yeah, we've done, yeah, we've done, yeah. we've done two, okay. two affiliate workshops on, on, on that. Okay. Um, um, Ant did them, I think uh, a while back. Okay. And I think we've done a, I think we probably don't, we will have done a podcast on affiliates yeah. in more detail yeah. as well. But um you know, like the, the the demo store, we're just about to go and, you know, we're doing about 200K a month. We're just about to go and do, again, an affiliate program, be really strict who we put on there. But we're just going to look at it opportunistically to see who we, can, who, who we can get to push us and why, particularly around the busier season before Christmas, you know, when people are getting ready, people come and stay and those kind of things. That would be the time when those bigger sites like Hot UK Deals and Money Serving Expert might be interested in. In featuring us with the right yeah. deal and things like that so you know and they can make such a difference like we were doing it was a it was like a, a pound shop or equivalent of a pound shop and we would i don't know we we're doing about 10 grand a day or something like that and then we get on to money serving expert and we suddenly do like 200 grand in a day it was like light and day it was it, it can be huge if you if you get it yeah. right now obviously money saving expert are only interested in certain brands and certain things, but there are different sites for different industries. Um, and there are genuinely good affiliates out there who will push you, but you've just got to sift through the absolute crap that uh, people who just don't really want to do anything and just want to click the ticket. So um, yeah, that's when we start to look at it um, there. Um, and then the, the, I won't talk about influencers because I've talked about that a little bit before in the other one, but online PR, is, is the other one here so we probably wouldn't go like let's let's say the demo store doing 200k there's no way i'm going to go and get an seo agency and pay them three grand a month to come and do seo for the site what i might be interested in doing is going to get some online pr to get mentioned in some of the places like good housekeeping and those kind of magazines and you know, things like that to kind of get some links coming back from those sites or even even in the, the Telegraph and the newspapers and things like that. that. That would be worth a lot more to me from an SEO point of view at this stage because you can already see that I'm getting natural links to the site from forums and people talking about things and doing that. What I'm missing are the cherry links, the things that the cherry on top, which really drives really drives the seo so if, if i was going well, to do I'd seo which, I, you, which do, not, yeah, you definitely definitely do online mm. pr and so you get you, could, you get two massive benefits of it really you get you you, know, you 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 by accident get decent seo because you're getting very good credible links make sure it's a follow link or no follow link but you also when we do when we do online pr we find that that you know you get some benefit at the time when it goes out um, you know, in the newspaper, in the magazine, you know, or, or their blog or whatever, their email, you know, you get a little bit of a traffic that comes in. But that's not the most powerful thing. 
that comes as a result of it. Is the, the, what 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 comes is your ability to use the places you've been featured in and talked about on your website and in your email and your ads. That's the most powerful thing. That you know, and it touches on what we said before about third-party credibility, which we mentioned before, which is absolutely mm. gold dust. Busy restaurant test. You know, yeah. it really is absolutely yeah. critical. Yeah, my, it's like my restaurant is busy and it's full of celebrities. Do you want to come and eat here? It's like, to be honest, like I wouldn't want to go into a restaurant full of celebrities, but a lot of people would because they would yeah. be you know, excited by it. But I, I just want to have a quiet meal here and, and I want to be left alone. And, um, you know, I don't want to be, uh, I, you know, I think they want their ass autograph, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> Maybe we've been talking too long and I've gone mad. Yeah. I've gone mad. It was the longest yeah. podcast we've ever done. No, last Surely. week was longer. Was it? Last week was oh, longer. Yeah, God. it was about an hour. We Jesus. went on and on about, about People surely should be sniper. asleep because people will use us as their sleep meditation podcast. Yeah. I think people will like, be doing, doing, a, doing the gym for an hour and then... And, um, they were like, surely I can stop finish. running now. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, stop walking speaking. the dog. Yeah. Oh, dear. And on that note. Um, on, that, on that upbeat note, yeah. We'll, uh, we'll yeah. call it a day. And then next, next week, Top if we're here next week. Yeah, we are. Are we still here next week? Because we're going we to go to the We are here next week. Uh, yeah. Oh, actually, no. Yes, we will. Yeah, we we're will. Okay. Yeah, like, we are can do it next, if we do yeah, it. We'll do it next week. Yeah, we're okay. Yeah, we'll do it in the week. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah. we're going to Singapore to go and meet together <laughs> to discuss all of our exciting yeah. econ brands. We're going to work really hard and sit by the pool and just do nothing. We should do a podcast from Singapore together. Yeah, well, that would be easier. Cause yeah, be we'll right do that. There. We, we could record it yeah. on the videos we have together. Get you in your swimming trunks. Have you still got those tights, those pink tights, <laughs> those shorts? Yeah, I have. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I have to walk round you. Can I just out. walk maybe like five steps behind you so that I uh, <laughs> don't know where to go there? Um, all right. Fashion, Mark. I'll speak Fashion. to you soon. Okay. okay. All right. Cheerio. Thank you very much. Cheers, guys. Bye.